What up everyone, this is the Twice Over Film Club where we watch a movie every week. I'm your host Faraz. Today is our full episode on Sound of Metal. Remember that we no longer explicitly go over how we rated a film. If you want to see how a film stacks up, check out the twiceover.com where you can play around with the tally tool and see how this film fares depending on which elements are most important to you. Also check out our recent episodes on City Lights, Mank, Silver Linings Playbook, and The Lighthouse on your podcast feeds. To stay up to date on what we're watching, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and follow us at the twiceover on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or Letterboxd. Alright, so here's myself, Yusuf, and Fahad discussing Sound of Metal. Yusuf, have you seen that movie? The Diving Bell and Diving Butterfly? Bell and Butterfly? No. I, uh, which, guy, which guy was in this from that? So, Louis's father. Yeah, oh, Louis's okay. father, Richard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's based off a real story, I believe. Was this based off a real story? Not that I, I know think of. So. No. I guess I, I I assumed so somehow from the from the subject matter, but I didn't see any indication of that after I had watched. So maybe not. <laughs> but it just I don't know. It just seemed like it was set up to be like, oh yeah, this is a true story. But I guess not. Um, and it doesn't have to be, of course. Let's get started. Yusuf Fahad. Mm-hmm. What's good? I guess technically, I, I mean, I didn't really recommend this movie. I just thought we should do it because it seems to be a little hyped right now. It's, um, yeah, it's hitting that point, right? We're getting to that point of the year. Even though Oscars are delayed, the Oscar-type movies are going to start rolling out. And, I mean, I think this is probably going to be one of them. Um, it's already got some, you know, discussion around it. So, uh, you know, it's a good time to start evaluating the stuff that all the big critics are going to be evaluating. Yeah, so of course the movie we're talking about actually is called Sound of Metal. It's a movie uh, about a heavy metal drummer named uh, Ruben Stone, played by Riz Ahmed. And he suddenly is faced with uh, hearing loss and having to deal with that. Now, I don't know like, what year... So it says 2019 on most websites, and it was released at the Toronto Film Festival last year in 2019. But it's like, strange to me that it was released like almost a year, over a year later on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. But in any case, this movie is available on Amazon Prime. I think that's, yeah, so it, it, it's weird because, you know, yeah, technically it's listed as a 2019 movie, but I think it didn't get a theatrical release until very recently. So, um, yeah, huge gap between when it actually, you know, aired in the festivals and when it actually hit screens, and that is going to affect its Oscar eligibility. So, um, yeah, I don't know why they made that decision, I honestly can tell you, yeah, COVID, I guess, right? And probably, you know, a movie that is about somebody losing their hearing, and you know, we'll we'll discuss how they demonstrate that. But the theater experience, uh, I would guess, would be a little bit different. So maybe you know, unideal that Amazon kind of had to just push this out on Prime Video, right? Um, Although I I assume it's available in theater somewhere. But you know, large majority of people are going to be watching this at home. Yusuf, why do you say the experience will be different? Well, can I comment on that actually? Because yeah. I, let me tell you how I how I actually watched this. I actually watched like forty five minutes on my own on my laptop, um, headphones in, and then uh, I had family over at my place, and we decided to just sit down and actually watch it. And then we watched it like on the big screen TV, you know, sound system and everything. And it's actually way better with headphones, way better. Yeah, I can I can imagine that. So you know, probably. I would say two things. Maybe one, just the quality of the sound, but also like your immersion into it. Did you feel that? Yeah, yeah exactly. 100%. You miss, all, even if my my sound system is pretty solid. It's not like like theater class or anything, but it's not like your average TV speaker either. It, 
But there was so much I realized in the first 45 minutes that I didn't pick up watching it on the big on my big TV, which I was picking up watching it with headphones on my laptop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, part, you know, this movie is basically going to try to put you somewhat in the headspace of somebody who is having trouble with their yep. hearing. And, uh, you know, you need to be able to make very fine distinctions in order to really pick that up. And yeah, there's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of nuance. To the sound. Yeah, definitely. And, and also part of it is that there's a large degree where I think the silence also plays a role. And so you lose that if you're at home and kind of a, a noisy environment kind of listening where there's a lot of just ambient noise. Um, you know, even at home on headphones, I don't think you're quite going to get the experience that you would get with, you know, the immersive experience you'd get in a theater, I suppose. And this is, uh, you know, obviously I, I'm just kind of guessing here because I, I haven't had the the opportunity to watch this in theaters. But I think that basically the original intention for the sound is going to be a little bit lost kind of depending on what equipment you got at home and what exact setting you're watching it in, you know? Um, so mm-hmm. I think that's kind of where yeah. I feel, Fahad, we might be losing something here. Gotcha. Yeah. Do you know what movie I'm thinking about? Um, what's that trash horror movie with Jim from The Office? I forget what it's called. The oh. Quiet one? Quiet Place. The quiet quiet place, place, yeah. Right? Is it Quiet Place? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, I think, at ho- if you were watching it at home on your TV versus like what the theater experience was, it would just make a bad movie even worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hating. I hated that movie. Um, Did you? But okay. Yeah. Like, I watched it in the theaters and I thought it was lame. But at home, I can only imagine how bad it would be. That movie basically played with with silence, right? And like uh, yeah. large stretches of the movie are completely silent, and uh, you know it has an effect on the on the viewer. So I mean, not to say that they do that quite here, but I, I just do think when he can hear, or when he can't hear, when there's when they kind of put you in his headspace, I think that's that's very important. Also, just kind of like with the the ability to pay attention at home, it, it's it's a little bit more limited. And when there's long stretches of these odd silence and all that, it's easier to pick up your phone and kind of get distracted. Uh, I felt that. So, you know, although I, I thought this movie was pretty engaging, you know, I wasn't fully engaged the entire time. And that's probably part of why. Okay. Yeah. In theater, obviously, you're not going to pick up your phone as often, right? Yeah. Well, not without getting yelled at, but yeah. Yeah. It's just called courtesy. <laughs> um... <laughs> All right, so high level, what did you guys think about this movie and would you recommend it for others to watch? I thought it was a solid B-plus movie and yeah, I'd recommend it to others. I think I'd recommend it too. I think I think it has a good message. I think it was overall pretty engaging uh, and there's at least a couple things that you can really enjoy in this movie. Um, you know, shout out to Riz Ahmed, man. I think he is a pretty phenomenal actor. Maybe he tends towards specific roles that he's really good at. But like, I, I just do think when he, you know, what, what I've seen him perform in, he really does hit it really well. I think he, he, he did a really good job with the, you know, the portrayal here because he has to do a lot with less dialogue and more just kind of his raw his ex- emotions, exactly right? his emotions, his expressions, all of that. Um, and I think that's kind of where he shines. So um, I thought this mm-hmm. movie was a good one for him. And I think so if, you, if you've seen him in something and you've appreciated his acting, I think this is another one where you can go in and, you know, expect to see something from him. Yeah, I think acting is something we all consider to be pretty strong. Fahad, so in terms of our scores, like our average comes out to 88 for acting. Okay. Uh, I actually was super high on it. I gave it a 95, not just for Riz Ahmed, which he was really good, um, but also for Paul Racy, who played Joe. I thought he was like a yeah. super charismatic um, mentor type. And I actually don't have any idea like who he is, like if he's actually deaf or not. But So um, he was raised by uh, deaf parents in Chicago. Oh, okay, okay. But he is of hearing, so... 
I mean, but gotcha. he brought his experience, his childhood experience. So you mentioned my score for, for acting. My score accounts for the fact that Riz Ahmed in certain scenes he blows it with his acting. You know, it's in the it's in the diner scene. It's where he's having a conversation with Lou, and um, the voice oh. level it's it's pretty medium, and I think he doesn't excel in that. For him to excel in this movie, he's got to be like over the top emotions, and I think that's those are the scenes where he excels. That diner scene, I don't know, just pulled me out of it. There's a smile that it cracks from his lips. Um, you know, they do the back and forth, right? They shoot one actor, then they shoot Lou. They go back and forth. It's it's a couple of those dialogue scenes where he just blows it. Okay, so there was one scene that I had in mind in, for, in terms of acting yeah. that I thought was... And I didn't actually blame the acting here too much. It was when Lou decides that she's going to go, you know, take a cab and go to the airport and go back to her yeah. dad's. Uh-huh. And she's telling Ruben, like, hey, you have to go back to the house and get help. Yeah. Um, that scene, well, two things. It kind of happened super abruptly. He just, she wakes up the next day and he's smashing equipment and he's like losing it. Yeah. And she just says, hey, I'm, I'm leaving and you're going to go back there. Like It just happened it, like that. Yeah. It it, she, it's not like she's, she talked about it the night before mm-hmm. that maybe you should do it. It was almost like, hey, maybe we'll, we'll try it out. But then she sees him going crazy and she's like, all right, I'm out. Anyway, that scene, I thought he executed it well, but just like the writing and the abruptness of it in terms of the pacing of the overall movie, mm-hmm. it just came on so strong. That it made it feel unnatural, but I'm not sure if it was really his acting. So I think the reason it feels so abrupt, there's a scene that's dropped in the cutting process. I think there's definitely a scene that got cut out with the editing process. Um, so when they're speaking, she's writing in her diary, right? I paused it in that scene and I read the dialogue and there's yeah. a, there's a lot of stuff there. She, it's, it's like she's having a conversation. She's like, I'm going to go back to my dad's. You should mm-hmm. stay here and stuff like that. So we catch him towards the end of the conversation where she's like, you have to go back to that place. Yeah. So you think they were talking about it, about him having to go back mm-hmm. before like what they actually show. Mm-hmm. They cut out a scene right before that. Yeah. I did the same same exact thing, by the way. I, I paused it and I, I was trying to read it all. And I wasn't sure if it was like necessary. I mean, because they didn't they don't give you like a, a close up shot on it or anything like that right so you just do, you don't yeah. have the you yeah. don't have the visual opportunity kind of built in to read it but i forced it <laughs> i was like trying to peer over yeah um so you're right maybe they did cut something out and if they didn't i think they just didn't feel it was that important to like really you know get into the weeds on exactly what their fight was about just you know you kind of mm-hmm. figure okay you know you get the gist yeah, of you it you can fill it in yeah exactly yeah you can fill it in but it's just it just doesn't feel then that scene doesn't feel as natural when She's leaving and Riz or Riz Rubin is kind of distraught mm-hmm. at like, you know, facing this reality by himself. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't really give this movie very much credit for the for the narrative. I think the narrative was was sufficient. Um, I, I don't think it was like perfect in terms of how they executed from one scene to the next like that. Um, but what they did was they just they didn't they didn't they didn't have much fluff. And so I'll give it credit for that kind of where, you know, it moves very, it's very fast paced. They, they get into the story right away and they, they just get moving very quickly. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, they just don't waste much time there. Yeah. As far as narrative, yeah, I gave it a 75 personally and I thought it was fine. And the only thing I didn't like about it, I mean, the only like real knock I had on it other than it just being like, okay. And average was that it was a little erratic with mainly with the pacing 
I think that diner scene kind of you feel it. Um, you find you definitely feel it in the scene when uh, Lou decides to go to her father's. And I feel like you, there's a there's a couple scenes like at the house that you feel it too, where like you know he's going back to his RV and selling everything. Like there's no understanding of like how much time has really passed. Do we really know how much how long he spent at that house? I don't think we do. No, but at the same time, we get a shot of him cutting his hair, and his highlights are still there. So, which means his hair hasn't grown, because we know he's not doing highlights in his uh in this place, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. It doesn't look like it's grown, but like, yeah. Or, I don't know. They, we have no idea. And then or they just didn't give that much fine detail to what his hair looked like when they were shooting this. Yeah. Um, that's also a possibility, right? Uh, but there are a couple shots where they show like leaves changing color, but then those were like uh, B-roll shots. But then the actual like you know scenes with dialogue and the actors. Mm-hmm. Those showed like a normal summer day almost in every single scene. So I had no idea like where they were in terms mm-hmm. of season. I was trying to figure out like how long was he away? Like how long was he gone? I for? would estimate at least a year. He picked up a decent amount of sign language, right? He was he was settling down. So I'd say at least a year. What do you guys think? A year seems long to me. Um, I mean, I think you can Same. pick up. I wasn't say six months. Six months. I would even go shorter than that. I mean, it doesn't take if you're if you're full time committed to learning sign language, which he essentially is in this you know scenario. Um, uh-huh. It doesn't take that many hours, just like raw time to 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 pick it up. Um, and so you know you can see that he's still kind of a beginner. And he's like fully engulfed in it, like everyone around exactly. him. It's not like he's... Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I in my head, I thought it was more like, I don't know, two to three months, to be honest. You know, basically, it's not enough. Whatever the timeline was, it's not enough time for him to really change his outlook on anything, right? It seems like he's still clinging to getting back to his old life and that this is like totally temporary, um, which is why I kind of thought it was kind of a condensed time frame because a year seems like you're kind of, you're kind of accepting a new reality by that point. You know what I mean? Um, Depending on the person, right? Right, exactly. Um, And it seems like a lot of other people in the community took it better than he did um, as Mm -hmm. from what we see. Okay, along those same lines, I did say six months, mainly because if it was just two to three months, I would have expected Lou to be a little more enthusiastic about seeing him. But like six months is like just enough time where she can herself move on. Hmm. That is, that's fair. Um, I think that's really important, actually. Right. Um, The fact that there's kind of, you know, he is not it goes back to his old life, essentially, only to find that his old life really isn't there anymore. So, like, I mean, this is going to go into our themes, right? I assume because we we all rated this pretty strongly. Actually, Yusuf, you gave it a 75. I gave it a 95 and 80. As far as themes, I thought like that's what this movie was about. And I thought it did a incredible job of executing on it. Yeah, for me, it captured the stillness. It captured the poetry of um, just like um, showing how a person can be in turmoil and how he has to adapt. And yeah, I mean, I I don't disagree. I mean, why are you singling me out? I gave a seventy-five. Fahad gave an eighty for five points. You're singling me out. Come on, guys. <laughs> I mean, no, like, yeah, it's not a big deal. It's only because you're low. But I give it a ninety. I'll explain myself. Yeah, I, I mean, so I I think I agree with what you said, though. I mean, to me, the the theme is kind of just addressing. In a general sense, just addressing kind of going through a, a you know a life changing event like that. But really, what I saw was Riz kind of playing a character who is like I just said, actually trying to get back what he lost and and realizing the futility of that. Um, and you know, I, I think he did that really well. Um, you know, I, I don't really think this. I think this movie was good for themes. But I mean, if you're saying ninety, tell me tell me what you 
what was so over the top about the themes here? Are you, Fraz? Are you saying that this movie should have relied more on building up those themes because it is no, such no, a still I'm movie? Saying as far as what is enjoyable about this movie is the acting and the themes for me personally, mm-hmm. and the themes were just executed very well. So the main theme, I think we kind of touched on it a little bit, where you have Ruben who has lost his hearing, and it's such a drastic life like changing event for him, and he isn't obviously ready to you know, have his world turned upside down and accept this new reality. But he, one of my favorite scenes is, not one of my, it is probably my favorite scene, is when Ruben does decide that he's going to go and get the surgery for the implant. And he comes back to the house and he sees Joe and he's like, hey, Joe, I did the deed. And Joe's like, yeah, what's the deed? And um, he tells him, I got the implant surgery. And he tells him, like, look, I need to start thinking about my life. I need to start thinking about what I need to do because life just keeps going it just keeps passing it keeps passing and like the irony of that is while he's saying that he's chasing something like in the past while life has continued passing on top of that joe has given him a very nice opportunity like a door has opened for him even though it's a crazy setback for sure um but he was given an opportunity to start this new life with you know with joe at this house volunteering his time uh working in this community giving his life some purpose and he he obviously botches it right he doesn't take that opportunity he thinks that the implants will bring everything back to square one not just in terms of his daily life or what it was but also like literally his hearing which it doesn't obviously Mm -hmm. i just thought the execution of all those things like the the ups and downs of it was was this on point in this movie. Like, it was done very well. And in that scene you brought up, it's Joe, right, that we're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. he... Um, there's such a, a palpable feeling of betrayal in that, right? Where... Uh, oh, man, the way he says it, he's like, the ho- this house lives... Or, like, you know, they believe in that, uh, that being deaf is not a handicap. Mm-hmm. And they need to be reminded of that every single day. Mm-hmm. So, like, it just only further is like what uh reuben did is not gonna it's just not gonna fly because it'll be a reminder of you know their handicap or that it is a handicap that needs to be fixed and i mean i think he tells him in the very first meeting too he tells reuben joe does that here we're here to fix you know the the mental aspect of dealing with this not the actual hearing Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, and I thought Joe was amazing. Paul Racy was amazing in that scene in terms of acting. I mean, my acting score is really high. I gave it a 95 because him and Riz Ahmed just killed it. They, I thought they were incredible. Yeah, that scene was great. The only problem I have is that early on, Joe never had a conversation with Ruben on what he was there for, right? If it's if Ruben wants to be wants that change in his state of mind to accept that he's going deaf or to have, you know, Joe almost acts as his therapist, but the question is, should he have actually gone and seen an actual therapist to like change his frame of mind? Because Joe never, Ruben never accepts it. Right. Um, yeah. and Joe tries his best to do it, I guess, but they never have that conversation. It's frankly. A, and it's a bit un- inconsistent because I think Ruben pretty much tells him when they first meet that, you know, uh-huh. I'm getting the implants. I just got to, you know, get the money together and I need some time. And, you know, Joe pretty much brushes him off and says, like, you know, I think the first thing you need to it's do expensive. is, you know, 
get your feet under you and, you know, learn some sign language and we'll see where it goes from there. But he, he fully knows Ruben's intentions the entire time. Um, uh-huh. And I guess just thought it would go away naturally. But you Or know, that he could convince them otherwise, right? Probably right. that, right? Because he eventually offers him an opportunity to stay at the house and work with him. Mm-hmm. And and you know what? Ruben, Ruben does consider that. Ruben does consider that offer. Um, and I can, for me, that might be controversial opinion right you guys might think he wasn't considering that offer at all but the scenes prior to it he was fitting in nicely in this community you know he's he's made some friends he feels valued with um in that classroom setting teaching drumming lessons and stuff it's only where he goes back to uh joe's office and he goes and looks up what what lou is up to right with her new music career that he feels i don't know a sense of loss or nostalgia or whatever and he decides he wants to get that surgery so he can return to her, return to that old life. But, and, and there was another, actually another scene. It's it's a moment of stillness. Um, Ruben's sitting in Joe's study and he's writing and he's just looking out the window and the camera just like slowly zooms in and it's, it's just like that perfect moment of stillness that Joe was describing in another scene. And we only see that moment of stillness once again, which is the very last scene of the movie mm-hmm. when he decides to just sit down and uh, take off the implant uh, implant, implant thing and just, just look around him. But yeah, it's the same exact shot because it kind of slowly is zooming in and then it cuts to what he would be looking at. I thought that was a really well done scene to end on. Um, I mean, it just it felt pretty perfect uh, how noisy that scene was right before he takes off the implants, right? You know, you the bell is like ringing in his ears and then he just kind of like angrily rips them off. And and it did really feel serene for that last shot, right? As they faded into the credits. Um, I yeah. thought that was that yeah. was really well done. Um, and I mean, they leave it kind of open-ended as to where it's going, but, you know, it, it, it seems like he's kind of realized now, okay, I mean, my time with, uh, what's her name? My time with uh, Luis is, is over um, and... You know, it, we're we're moving on to 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 kind of forging a new life. So, uh, you know, we don't know where that takes him, but it seems like he's finally come to accept that there's kind of a new reality that he's going to have to get used to, uh, and things aren't just going to, you know, his hearing isn't going to magically just reappear, you know, to the degree that it was there before, um, and that's mm-hmm. just not how things work. So, um, I, th- I, I, yeah, I mean, I I really did enjoy that last scene. And so, speaking about that, just on the broader question of aesthetics wise did you guys like what they did with the sound throughout this movie oh yeah loved it yeah same yeah i actually had no idea that's how it sounds like um i i have someone that i know who had an a hearing aid in one ear and i did actually ask them and they said more or less yes that's how it sounds because like with our actual brain when it's hearing it right like we can focus in on what we want to hear even with all the ambient noise all around us. But with those implants, all that noise is just equivalent to one another. So you just, you just hear this jumble. So, like, so yeah. you've had, um, you've known someone that was hearing impaired, right? Yeah. I've known someone too in high school. I don't know if it's with everyone, but um, because they can't hear their the sound of their own voice, their voice tends to vary in pitch and volume, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In this movie, I don't think they capture that with joe or ruben my wife actually yeah so with ruben so my wife actually mentioned this with ruben it's understandable especially if we go with like yusuf's timeline of two to three months okay they because 
is very recently that he was just speaking and hearing normally. Uh, but for like someone like Joe, who he says he lost his hearing in the Vietnam War. Uh, like 30, you know, 40 years ago, right? Yeah, years, that many years passing by, he would have, he would have uh, lost his sense of like voice. Mm-hmm. And just talks. like the cadence, right? The rhythm. Exactly. The rhythm exactly. sounded You might still perfect. remember how to talk and how to say all this stuff, yeah. but it just wouldn't be as smooth as it was. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, I think it made sense more for Riz, but not so much for Joe is what you're saying. That that performance was a little bit uh, off in terms of displaying kind of that component of, uh, you know, of, of having, you know, of being hard of hearing, right? Mm-hmm. And I yeah, think there's yeah. also, you know, I mean, because there's so many characters in this movie that that are deaf. Um, I think some of the other one, other characters, did a good job of that, and you can kind of hear it in the way they speak. You know, some of them are kids, and, and I think it's even more pronounced in that case, especially when you when you grow up being hard of hearing or deaf, right? That you really have even less of a sense of that voice, right? A lot yeah. of the actors in this movie, I believe, actually actually are deaf. Um, so you know, they they got mm-hmm. people who who live that to actually portray those things. Um, and so I actually think their performances were better, uh, not only in that regard, but in a lot of regards for for kind of demonstrating um, what it's like. Uh, and that's because they they kind yeah. of took a step to make sure that those performances were authentic. Yeah, it brought authentic- authenticity to the movie. I mean, as far as our aesthetics go, we, I, so, so visually, we all kind of agree it's, it's nothing special. There's nothing to write home about, but uh, we, we all appreciated the immersion that we got with, with the choices coming when it comes to sound. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it's it's hard to really capture everything about the aesthetics in words. I'm having so much trouble kind of describing it, but really it's just that they... They let you in several different windows hear what he would be hearing um, and, and experience that. There's, you know, not only just the the sound, like muffled voices, but like the vibrations and like, the, you know, oh, that yeah. aspect of it that you kind of that gets amplified because that's what you're relying on to kind of give you your sense of your surroundings. Um, I thought they did a really good job with that to the point where it was uncomfortable and that once they finally let you just like listen in on the conversation like normal again, it was a relief when you could hear that, right? Um, so, I mean, they, they fully got across to me what it's like in that sense because I could I, I could feel myself kind of getting a little bit stressed just having to listen in that form. Um, and it was, it was yeah. you know, welcome when I, when I didn't have to. So uh, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, that's why, I mean, my aesthetic score being what it is uh, i gave it an 85 i think that's that's solely because of because of the sound um the score was also good but really mm-hmm. just what they did with the sound editing to give you that experience mm-hmm. since they're giving you the first person you know sound view right the soundscape i don't know if it matches up with what they're showing us right there's some inconsistency like whether or not we should be hearing the conversation at this moment because we're in this view i don't know yeah, Fahad, I know what you're talking about. I yeah. was kind of confused in terms of the timing of when they decided to use, like, go back and forth between the two different worlds, yeah. right? Between hearing what Ruben is hearing and what um, what the actual noise what and sound a, is like. What like. omniscient viewer would be hearing, right, in that room. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So going between the two, initially it made sense, right? When he's, like, losing his hearing and, like, we're seeing him play the drums and it kind of fades into it. Mm-hmm. Like we hear uh, like the surrounding noise. And then as it's like zooming or pinning towards him, it fades out and then we hear what he hears. But like, I don't know, towards the end, like when he was walking in Paris, it was just random. Like sometimes you could hear like when he's ringing the doorbell. Oh yeah. They decide to like, you know, eventually let us hear the actual 
noise at the end of it but was that necessary or like or was the first part necessary at all where they just had us hearing everything that he was hearing which which was hard to make out but it was enough to understand what was happening when he was ringing the doorbell yeah i mean i don't know just little things. yeah that's being a little bit nitpicky though right because uh, yeah it is, and, it is. i think really you know i just think i think they had a couple of choices here um one would have been to to really just put you in his head the entire time but that would have been the type of artsy choice that's just annoying <laughs> like if you had to sit through that the entire movie um mm-hmm. i i think that would be difficult to watch um and, and it would be more realistic but and i i understand that but it would be very difficult to kind of uh understand what's going on in this movie in a lot of ways because you would never get to get the full context um and so i think they just made the choice to kind of put that in in the scenes where it's kind of crucial or that something something important is happening from Ruben's perspective. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, I think the majority of the scenes are that way. I don't know about, yeah, the doorbell scene, if they really needed to do that. But but realistically, when I look at the scenes, I can I can see, okay, they probably chose to at least give us give us a moment in his head um, in each of these portions because there was there was something that they wanted to show us like you know whether it was when he's first losing his hearing of course and then he he plays the the show um that last show that he plays uh with Lou before he you know before he realizes that it's not going to work then there's uh, obviously several moments while he's at the home uh in the doctor's office while he's getting the procedure when he's getting the the implants activated, things like that. And I think I think I really felt it. And then towards the end, there's a couple moments where, I mean, they had to choose which ones they wanted us to see, right? But like when Lou and her dad are, are singing and they're playing the piano, I, th- I thought that made sense, Ooh, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it, yeah. it's not totally random. It's semi-random, but, you know, it, it's, a, it's an emotional moment for him to kind of realize that, you know, there's a whole life here, I guess, that's, that, you know, that he's not part of. So um, I thought that, they made choices. Uh, maybe not everyone kind of hits perfectly, but I thought they 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 chose enough to not overwhelm you with that experience, but also to give you what they wanted to give you out of it. Yeah, the yeah. only thing I guess I was looking for was just the camera and the audio to match, right? To give me a first-person point of view and then to limit the sound experience and then to kind of jump out of that reality and just give me a view of the whole scene and then they can include all the sound. Um, yeah, like give you a cue that, hey, you're about to enter this world. Yeah, but I guess what you lose with that is you lose, um, if you're doing a first-person view from Ruben's eyes, you lose the uh, his face, his facial emotions, right? And they wanted to capture that and yeah. the silence. Yeah. Those are really so, important. His, impo- his, his right. performance was very reliant on his facial expressions. And I think they even made jokes <laughs> about it, right, with the whole owl thing. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was yeah. fun. Yeah. But. Well, as for, I mean, Fahad, you mentioned that there was a few scenes that you thought uh, made Riz's performance not that great. Yeah. I thought there was more than enough scenes that made his performance like exceptional. Yeah, I, I don't deny that he had exceptional scenes. I'm just, um, he had some low moments. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> the Another good scene that I really liked is when he goes to Paris and meets Lulu and just like their their chemistry that they have on screen and how that like what like you just said he he realized like this realization he has that there's this entire life here that she has and it's totally not like what she thought it was right like she she thought her father was someone else 
and now clearly she has a good relationship with her father. Um, mm-hmm. She's speaking French, right? Um, she's changed her entire look. Just like these little things and like his reaction to each thing, like each step of the way and how it kind of compounds over like one on one on top of one another. Because like from the initial, like seeing her in the bedroom, then going to the dinner party or the birthday party and like walking around the uh, walking around the garden in the back and then seeing her sing with her father, just how his face and his expressions went from one scene to the next. It really hit home in terms of, you know, exactly what he was feeling and the realization he was coming to. And obviously he, he tells her right when when it comes time um, when they're in bed together at night and he's just like, we need to get back to it realizes she has like no interest in doing that just from her reaction and he, he just accepts it right there yeah and part of the chemistry you mentioned between the two actors it's it's kind of like the actors it's not the actors it's it's the um the characters knowing each other's thoughts right because the, he says it's okay out of out of thin yeah. air he says it's okay as if he's reading her mind yep um, and I thought just, that was no, great. Oh, yeah, just off her reaction, yeah. right? Just off the reaction that she she gives him after he's talking about getting back to that life. Yeah, yeah, I was I was well done. I do have one question. What did you guys think of in that same scene that I mentioned that I loved, where Joe kind of has to, he he does kick out Ruben because he got the implants, and Ruben's like, hey, I just need some money to get the RV back, and um, I'll be able to pay you back once I'm performing. But Joe says, from where I'm sitting, you look like an addict. Like, what did he mean by that? Like, I, obviously, he didn't mean, like, you know, you're back to using. But, like, I, I, was, I didn't really understand what he was trying to say. I mean, he put himself in a bad position, sure. But, like, how does that make him, an, make him look like an addict? I don't know. I want to say this is, kind of, this is kind of one of the themes that we were talking about. And it's kind of an expansion on it. But to me, he was trying to draw a parallel between the experience of an addict and just kind of having that short-sighted vision and just being like, I got to do whatever I got to do to get that next fix. He's almost equating somebody who wants to have their hearing back <laughs> uh, in that same way. Um, and, and and you know, that's, that's being a little bit dramatic. But I think, you know, realistically, what he's saying is that you need to accept this reality before you try to give up everything to try to get back something that you may never get or that may harm mm. you, right? Um, and, and that's exactly what ends up happening where he just, you know, he pretty much puts his whole whole, you know, whole life on mortgage to try and to try and get his hearing back and and it's not what he thinks it's going to be. It's kind of this temporary relief, but then he, you know, he goes into that party with with Lou and he realizes he can't even hear people, you know, making small talk with him. Um he, you know, he can't he just he's not going to be able to go back on tour. I think he knows it before he ever tells Lou, right? He's not going to be a drummer anymore. Like that's that's not happening. Um and so I think Joe is trying to communicate that to him. So he kind of he kind of says like, you know, you have that itch about you. So I, I kind of wonder what happens after the credits here, right? Like, does Ruben go back there? Does he reintegrate with that community or, or what? Because he does kind of rip off his his implants at the end, kind yeah. of in a, in a moment of clarity to some degree. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, that's kind of what I equated it to. In my mind, in my mind, his future, this is purely speculative. He works with a uh, hearing impaired and he, um, does like music therapy or something along those lines. Well, I was going to say, so clearly throughout this movie, we see him go through like the stages of, of grief, right? Like denial mm-hmm. initially, um, anger. What, what comes next? Acceptance. Bargaining. No, that's not. Bar- yeah, bargaining. So like, yeah, he's trying to bargain and, you know, get back what he can. And this is like where he's uh, 
like mortgaging everything he has to get it back. And then and then his depression. I guess we don't really see him go through that. And then we don't really see him accept either. We can assume that maybe that last scene is him accepting, you know, this new reality. And um, Fahad, I'm going to go with the ending in my head that he is going to go back to Joe and be like, hey, I, that opportunity that you were giving me, is it still there? Because I want to take it. Mm. That would be the nice ending, right? I mean, you see so many nice scenes where he's, he, he does kind of find some some joy in being part of that community. He's able to connect with them to a degree. And uh, that kind of all gets betrayed when he goes to get the implants, right? Um, it's kind of, yeah. you know, we were talking about in Silver Linings Playbook, we were, we were talking about kind of how, you know, when you're at your low, you, some people, you know, they, they're not willing to accept the, the reality of the, a condition that they're, they're, they're having or, you know, anything like that. And so, you know, there's kind of like this idea that like, no, I'm just I'm just like this right now. But like, I'm going to get back to what I was doing. I'm not like the rest of you. You guys are kind of this is your life. Um, yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, that's right what he's there. doing. Right. He just he was so happy to be with them. He got along with them so well. He connected with them. But in his head, he was kind of like, yeah, but, you know, I, I have a real life. This is not me. And he just didn't yeah. get it. Uh, but I think he gets it at the end. So that would be my hope as well that he. That he goes back and he's, you know, he's he's part of a community like that where he really does fit in and people understand understand him and what he's going through. We've we've kind of hit on everything I wanted to talk about. I mean, I will say I did like this movie. It's been a while since I've seen a a slow, simple movie with just like a great performance. Mm. It, it was kind of right up my alley at this point. And it, and it didn't feel it didn't feel too slow to me. I mean, it it felt like it 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 kept my my engagement to a to a pretty good degree throughout the movie. Uh, even though, yeah, there's admittedly not a lot of action in this in this plot, right? Yeah, I guess I should say by slow, I just mean that a simple story that you know you're not following too much. You're, there's just there's just one or two things that you're following along, and it's all about you know, how these characters are going through it, whatever that is. But wouldn't is. this plot be better if there was like, you know, he time travels back and prevents himself <laughs> from harming his ears and, uh, you know, none of this ever happens anymore until he realizes that he caused his own uh, hearing loss by the actions he took when he traveled back? Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be something? It sounds a lot like Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> now that Tenet's available, everyone, you can go back and listen to our episodes on it. That's true. And the, the sound quality in that movie is, is pretty bad. So, um, you know, that was unintentional, but, you know, <laughs> not like this movie where they, they have poor sound quality for a reason. <laughs> this is kind of a random tidbit, but I, I did see that, that Riz Ahmed, I mean, he, he does really commit to his roles, I think, um, and, and he mm-hmm. did so here as well. He actually learned how to play drums for this movie. He studied deafness for a while to make sure that he was capturing it correctly. Um, and I think, I think it, mm-hmm. it paid off. It, it came across. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I felt, like, like we mentioned before, the authenticity of like the situation and the rawness of everything was was actually very, very well executed. And I never felt like it was being forced or like fake, except for, I guess I, I wouldn't have known because I don't know too enough people in the deaf community. But like my wife mentioned that, you know, Joe talking so clearly and easily and uh, with such cadence is not real. Right. But I wouldn't have well, noticed I, that I picked myself. I picked up on that immediately. Um, I thought that was just a decision they made. Yeah, a device, right? They just right. they, they needed yeah, somebody probably. to have kind of a, a coherent conversation with him just to move things along. And there's a lot of scenes that are not like that in this movie, right? Where, you know, I think the writing is really simple in a lot of scenes because 
uh, because of how difficult it is to communicate in that manner, especially when he's learning sign language, um, you know, you just there's no there's there's very little depth to some of the conversations. He's a bit he's able to functionally communicate, but not really uh, not really have much nuance to it or there's not a lot of emotion to it a lot of times when he's communicating um so i think they kind of needed yeah. those scenes to kind of balance it out a little bit is that what you felt fahad uh sorry i spaced out i'm actually watching the <laughs> diner scene again <laughs> my bad i'm watching the diner scene again and um lou is pouring her her heart out right because she's like she's trying to feel for him and he's he's cracking a smile i don't know why <laughs> why they use this <laughs> this cut uh fahad do you feel the same way about the scene when he initially gets the implants activated? Let me go back. Let me and go the, there. And the doctor's like, you know, let me make an adjustment. And he's just trying to react to like, oh, he, you know, I can, it, it being It looks not... like he's panicking inside. Um, so I think he he yeah. nailed it for that scene. Okay. My only problem. Because he yeah. also like does the same cracks a smile, um, which, I mean, it, obviously he, I don't, he's not like breaking character or anything. He's just... I, it's a, I think it's a common reaction where you kind of almost laugh at like how, how um, like the, the the absurdity of the situation. Yeah, you're I in. get that. There's like yeah, it makes sense to laugh out of tension or laugh out of um, yeah distress or something. Um, but it's it's just a micro smile that I think it's not that expression. I mean, at the same time though, like she's pouring his heart out, but like he's not he's not absorbing any of that, right? Like he's he's not even mm-hmm. hearing it and he's kind of, you know, she's- But she's crying. She's crying she, in her face. Yeah, but like he's not used to to absorbing the world in that in that fashion that he's now being forced to, you know what I mean? Um, he's losing a lot of depth that he's used to having. So like it's natural for him to not have the proper reaction to it because he's he's just, he's disoriented. I think you're cutting him too much and slack. And not just that, he's in pure denial in this in this moment. So he's, he's just wondering why is Lou- reacting like this you know this is this is not a big deal to be fair yeah he he didn't get it at all at that point right he's like what are you talking about like we're just gonna we're gonna get the implants and that's gonna be it right i I mean like you said though i think i think really we're watching a simple story with one continuous performance and and the movie is going to pivot on that performance so i mean i think i think he really committed to the role and 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 it showed and i think it was worth watching um i think fahad you you think there's a few cracks in that armor perhaps right but mm-hmm. I, I think really without without his acting this movie's probably not that good yeah agreed and then also i'll say as far as joe being able to talk the way he was i also think it just added to like his charisma as a character which was very high he was very charismatic um it just made made his character like fit in with this story a little better like what his role is at the house you know what what he represents at the house all that stuff mm-hmm. can i ask one random question about joe yeah shoot why was he so mad that Ruben was fixing the like the the Eve on the on the side of the house? Like oh, you want to bring that up, right? Out. So it's like the whole thing about fixing stuff, fixing your hearing, fixing the roof. Oh, uh, yeah. okay, yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Like he just he yeah, wasn't the, okay with it. Yeah, the, the reaction was a little. It was over. He doesn't explain right? it, and because it happened earlier than the other stuff, it didn't make sense, right? Yeah, I was a little bit confused because he was like, "Listen." You don't have to fix anything around here. I was like, "What? <laughs> what just happened? Like, what is there? Are there Why drugs is he under so there? What's upset? going on?" Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> but uh, I don't know it kind of makes sense where it's like he's he's trying to change his belief about what what is what what is the definition of broken and whether he's broken and he, you know Joe's mm-hmm. answer to that is no, you're not, and you don't have to fix anything. Uh, maybe it's just an extension of that to a degree. Yeah. It's it's like priming him like you don't have to be in that frame of mind where you, you feel like you need to fix things or to you know, yeah, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that makes sense, actually. Now, that's that's a great point, because he does say something to the degree of, look, you don't have to fix anything around here. He actually says pretty much that. I mean, if, if, I, if I have to recall his exact words. And so he's really just talking about mindset overall, I suppose. Um, I like it. Yeah, yeah. I, but I do agree, Yusuf. His, his reaction <laughs> overall was just a little... Overboarding, I was like, uh, he's a little unhinged. I was expecting him to like get more unhinged after that because I was like, something's (laughs) up. But then he tells him, "You're, I'm gonna give you coffee, and you're gonna have like a donut, and (laughs) you're gonna go to my study, and I'm still waiting for the punishment." And it's like, (laughs) he gets that donut, man. Yeah, what an extra surprise because he just had coffee anyway. But no, yeah, and even those scenes in the in the room, I thought they were. Uh, like when he, like I actually kind of laugh when he smashes that donut and just starts like yelling. Oh, I laughed when he puts it back together angry. and smashes it again. <laughs> yeah, smashes it what again. What about the yeah. earlier scene where he's like raging inside the trailer? That was, oh, yeah, that was that, something else. <laughs> that felt uncomfortable, right? Oh, like when Lulu wakes up to see, like to hear that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she doesn't yeah. even, she can't even like, you know, she's not even able to intercede because he's like, he's like, I don't know. He's just thrashing so hard that like you know she's afraid to even get near him yeah i mean he can't hear right. her <laughs> do you think there's any sort of abusive relationship in this do you think he ever hurt her or any- anything because there's something implied i don't know if you guys picked up on it is there well i think what i didn't pick up. I, are anything. you referring to kind of where she says like if if you know if you hurt yourself i hurt myself or something like that right so i mean there's there, there was clear self-abuse going on somewhere in this mm-hmm. relationship yeah I think. yeah Self-abuse for sure, because, you know, you see the cuts on her arm and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But then she resorts to uh, like scratching or or, hurting herself um, when there's some sort of tension, right? Yeah, any sort of anxiety. Anxiety, yeah. Maybe it wasn't implied. Yeah, I didn't think it was reading on like, you know, I, I don't think it was suggesting that there was abuse within their relationship with each other necessarily, Mm -hmm. Um, especially because kind of that last kind of tender moment they have, I think really summarized what they did for each other. And, you know, it seemed like, you know, she just kind of says, you know, or he says, you know, you saved me. And she, she says, no, like, well, you saved me too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think mm-hmm. they, they went through some, some struggles with addiction, I'm sure together and pulled yeah, each other out. Of I it. mean, if anything, right. He says that he's been clean for years and he's been with her for right. years. So it's almost like they, they've helped each other stay clean. Like again, whatever was be- before that, yeah, they might there may have been some abuse, whether it was self or or otherwise, right? Yeah, or otherwise, it, I don't think it it existed within them as a couple. Yeah, you're probably right. As a recommendation, if you if and when you sit down to watch this movie, try to watch it in a quiet environment and try to watch it in one sitting, uh, because I. And watch it with headphones, honestly. Yeah, I, ju- I just think the more immersed you can be and the more continuous of an experience you can have, uh, the better you're going to get what they were going for here. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, think it's a, I think it's a cool movie. Acting, I, w- I would say acting, um, sound, and, and probably themes as well is kind of what you're looking for in this one. And, uh, yeah, I mean, really, really probably an enjoyable movie. Again, we're kind of starved for new movies, right? So, like, maybe I'm overrating movies when they come out, but I just I want some new stuff, and so I'm enjoying mm-hmm. them. This movie, it's a quiet and well-observed movie, and it reminds me of a few others. Um, if you do end up enjoying it, check out the movie Patterson. It's directed by Jim Jarmusch. It's It's got some similar things going on for it. You're not going to mention Diving Bell and Butterfly in the Butterfly? Nah, it's too old. Our <laughs> audience is probably... Mille- uh, I don't know. I don't know who our audience is. What do you think our audience is? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
Well, yeah, if you do like this movie, I guess you should watch uh, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Actually, the main actor in that is in this film as well. Mm-hmm. There's a few connections. Yeah, and there's definitely a few connections in terms of the themes as well that uh, that overlap. Yeah. All right, yeah, we can leave it at that. I more or less agree with everything Yusuf just said in terms of what to look for when you watch this movie and how to watch it. Oh, uh, did you mention sound-isolating headphones? I didn't mention that. I just said headphones. Okay, yeah. <laughs> enough what do you mean by sound isolating and do you to mean cut out noise ambient noise active noise active, canceling yeah active yeah, noise yeah. cancellation either active okay. or passive they both work all right that's our official recommendation watch this movie in the dark by yourself sound canceling headphones um the closest you can get to one of those what are those tanks called where they just like pretty much turn off all your sensory sensory deprivation if you can watch this in a sensory depri- <laughs> in a sen- sensory deprivation chamber that would be ideal but just get as close to that as you can and um and enjoy <laughs> prime video yeah yep prime video all right everyone thanks for listening Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this production of The Twice Over. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and sharing it with a friend. Want to see what your tally is? Check out thetwiceover.com. All the movies we've done are listed there, as well as what we're watching for the current week. Follow us at The Twice Over on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where you can leave us any suggestions, feedback, or comments. And if you're about it, you can also support us on Patreon. The music you hear on this podcast is from Amerigo Galloway. You can find his work on Bandcamp and Spotify.